0: And there we go, everyone. We are back again for another fantastic conversation on Friday Night Counter-Attack. And we are joined by three very special guests today. Two of them I consider uh, good friends and very good football coaches who are actually doing amazing work in the grassroots level and semi-professional levels across the country. And we've got a very special guest all the way from Portland in the United States here today talking to us about his love of Manchester City, his love of, uh, of podcasting. And we're all going to be talking about our greatest ever Champions League football draft as well. So it's all time, which is basically up to the 1990s, before it's the European Cup. So we're not really going to worry about people in the 1970s, 80s and 90s, respectively. And we're going to move on to players that we've kind of really seen as well. And it is a draft, so there will be challenges, there will be tricks and there will be turns. There will be the end of friendships at the end of this podcast as well. Maybe some new ones. We never know who's going to appreciate different teams as players as well, which will be great. Um, First things first, I'm going to introduce Patrick, who's our special guest all the way from the United States. Some say he travelled all the way from the USA to be on Zoom with us tonight um, to actually be on this podcast. Nevertheless, he's a Manchester City fan who has gone to watch Manchester City versus um, Leeds at home. Big Sam's first game as a Leeds manager. And he watched that amazing game at Craven Cottage as well for Leicester and Fulham as well. So he's had a really good time back in, in, I'd say, the homeland, Patrick, because again, technically... How it works in England as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. You're right. That's good. How's everything going, Patrick? Are you okay? Um, how's everything? Yeah, on I'm the UK good. I'm great. The UK has been awesome. Uh, I love it here. I wish, I wish I had planned my trip a little better. So I maybe could have done more, uh, football related stuff while I was here. Uh, Fulham Leicester was actually like pretty impromptu. I, I decided like Sunday night, I wanted to go to one more game and I'm staying in London. Uh, so I was just like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna buy Fulham tickets. Uh, I ended up sitting right behind the goal uh, on the Hammersmith end and it was uh, it was great it was a wicked good time Craven Cottage is a a ground that as an American means a lot to me because a lot a lot of American heritage going through bowling. Brian McBride you know, not greatest Clint, ever Dempsey. Player Clint Dempsey exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. those awesome European Club.
0: League nights as well with Clint Dempsey oh my goodness me that was a time to be watching Fulham Football Club
1: Amazing, he's a baller team he's a and baller and
0: T. Robertson right
1: um, yeah and Le Tim Ream in the back for him too as well yeah they got some Americans there as well so it was uh, it was cool it was an awesome time Fulham fans are cool met this guy named Jack who didn't care that I was a City fan and I was just a tourist at the ground and I had a Guinness with him at halftime it was awesome it was a good yeah. experience I loved it nice to hear that nice to hear that next time goes to the
0: red side of Manchester let me know I'll come with you I'll show you the uh, better side of Manchester um, you'll, yeah you'll catch
1: me there in the away end though
0: yeah, if, if, if the away in is full. It's never really full, is it, though, with these Manchester yeah Okay, good point, good point. <laughs> good point. Uh, no. Nice to have you on, Patrick. We're going to get your Champions League team up and running soon, which will be great. Sam, Luke, we're back again after our podcast back in September and a busy year of university that we've all had as well, of coaching and doing whatever we need to do. Sam, you were right about Chelsea Football Club from the beginning. I thought they were wrong to sack Thomas Tuchel, but they've just gone downhill since then. And like you said, they have kind of gone downhill since then. But how, how are you coping, Sam? What's it like being a Chelsea fan?
2: Uh, yeah, um, I'd like to say that it's, it's been a, a year of struggle, to be honest, uh, being a Chelsea fan. At one point, we thought we were going to get relegated. So at least that's... Uh, that's you beat Bournemouth uh, this weekend, so it's all good. Yeah, massive win. Frank Lampard, nice to get a, a win for him, seeing as he hasn't won a game before for about twenty games. Um but yeah, Chelsea not good this season, not good. And just a whole show, to be honest. It, it's a bit been a performance, you know, spending all that money on players that weren't Premier League tested. Um and we've just got too many players now. It's just a load of players in and around a squad. And it's very difficult to, to know what team you're going to put out. And I think that's been half the problem, to be honest.
0: Definitely. It's like not and Forest this season, having players with like the number 38 and 42 numbers as well, because they have no, no more squad players and just the 11 that they need on the pitch. is crazy to see. And Luke, it's good to see you again, my friend. Um, really good um, congratulations on your coaching journey so far as well. Looking forward to seeing what we've got coming up this summer as well, you potentially going abroad, which you may mention at the end of the podcast, a little surprise reveal. Which should be quite good. How's it been for you as a Chelsea fan? Have you found any hope or revival for next season with all the money you've spent um, this this January transfer window, or is it kind of downhill um, so far for Chelsea fans right now?
3: I mean, I, I don't I don't think we can get any lower than where, where we are at the minute in terms of uh, confidence. Um, but I think with what's proposed and coming in, the Sun with Pochettino uh, is positive, and his sort of track record in bringing the best out of players, especially younger players, which Chelsea have in an abundance um, with the likes of Madrid, uh, Fafana and all the other, Enzo. Um, So I'm hopeful in that sense for next season, Uh, no threat of relegation, which is good. Um, So we can always sort of use it as a platform to hopefully succeed and do much better than what we've been doing this year. But yeah, season to forget. But I mean, most clubs go through that. So hopefully that's the last that we have to go through that for a very long time. And, Uh, you know have a bit more success next year but yeah move on to the the summer transfer window and hopefully kick on in another window another
0: window just get rid of just yeah you need you need a proper couple of strikers I would say as well probably should break the bank for Austin Men in my opinion maybe Gonzalo Ramos but we have to see how it goes um, with that as well but who would you kind of go for if you had to pick one striker Ivan Tony. Ivan Tony. even with his betting scandal coming along don't worry about that (laughs) <laughs>
3: cool
2: that. Now, look, look, Chelsea, he could be banned for two years Now nah, he'll play for two games he'll, he'll be classed he'll be the classed. thing is Chelsea, Chelsea have only ever been successful with a certain type of striker someone that can hold the ball up bring others into play you think of Drogba Costa players like that Um throughout the years and those are the ones that get us goals those are the ones that make the best out of the rest of the players around us and we haven't had that since Costa arguably yeah Um which is why we struggle to score. We, we can't link up the play. So we need someone with that ability and, and Tony fits, to, fits the bill for me. Excellent. Sam, would you agree or disagree? You
0: mean Luke? Sam, <laughs> I was going to say, my bad. Luke, do you agree or disagree?
3: Uh, I would agree, yeah. I think we could possibly, depending on if it, who comes in, if we get Potts, I, I think we could you know, bring in Kane as a possibility.
0: Kane would be sick. I've now maximised my Zoom screen because I was looking half between the screen and my notes for um, the quiz that I've got for us before we start our draft, which is great fun. But uh, I'm I'm enjoying Chelsea's um, downfall. I want them to win against Manchester City. I can't lie, Patrick. I can't lie. I want them to win and kind of disrupt this Manchester City title charge because obviously I don't want them to win the treble. But um, what's your thoughts so far? Obviously, before the recording, uh, before the game is, what, you've got the semi-final, then you've got an away game on the weekend, right? And then you've got... um, let me, find yeah, as well. Away at the weekend, yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you confident in the treble this season, Patrick? What do you think?
1: Uh, I've never liked partaking in that debate. It feels like people like the, the year we were on for the quadruple, and mm. you know, I feel Liverpool fans maybe felt the same way a couple of years ago, but and Man United fans, to, oh, we're in the title race this season, we were never yeah, in the title I, race this I, season. I, Poor I media I narrative. Like to, I don't like to say stuff like we're gonna win the treble i think if there was a team to do it it's Mm. this one the city team feels a lot more balanced than some of the teams we've had in the past um pep's tinkering hasn't felt like it's caused issues unlike in the past like you you remember i don't know if you guys remember but the the 442 diamond against liverpool in the champions league was you know his most famous overthink in recent memory but it feels like this year, the the outgoings have been less of an issue and more of a, a positive change. You think, like, Kensella leaving in the winter and everyone saying, how are we possibly going to cope? And then John Stone stepping up in that, like, hybrid uh, center-back defensive midfield role. Kensella leaving has let Jack Grealish play the basketball football he's played under Guardiola. David turn turning
0: up as well this time, this time of the dad, year as well. Fantastic. Player,
1: player of the season candidate for us. Ake's been unbelievable, so... I don't want to say that th- this city team is going to win the treble, but I-, I think two trophies are. I feel good about two. I think we can win two. What two? I'm not sure yet, but two feels like I can say comfortably. We've got two coming to us. Just I don't know which two yet. I mean, the way Man United are playing this season
0: at this time of the season, as well, Patrick, you're more or less given to win the FA Cup, so that could be one guaranteed. Champions League, we're we'll gonna have to wait and see, and Premier League, I feel you're more or less there because you should be beating the teams that you've got coming along um in your last four games as well which would be great mm. but yeah now we are going to be talking about the champions league it is the time for our UEFA champions league draft um it's going to be quite fun because i've set a few uh ground rules for everyone so as we all kind of know we are all kind of big fans of the champions league we watched the champions league for a good number of years as well everyone but we will support different teams and we've supported different teams three of the four of us have seen our teams win the champions league patrick not yet hopefully never in my opinion i hope i hope mancy yeah. never win the champions league but it is talk what to it me is in june talk to me in june and i need the yaya Toure curse to hold up that's all i'm saying hey I need the he yaya said Toure. it's
1: not a thing anymore him and his agent came out today and said i know
0: i know anymore. i know but i'm like you never know of yaya Toure. he called his wife his nephew one time so you can never <laughs> be sure of that as well i'll send you the clip later it's so funny the way you said it it's crazy um but yeah for everyone listening um do join along with our um uefa champions league draft how it's going to work is you've got two players per club for your limit as well. It's going to be a four-three three formation only. So we're going to be in the same formation. And it's the fact that we've all gonna make our own individual teams. For us all to make our individual teams, we're gonna start with a wild card pick. Um, whoever gets the first wild card pick will be dependent on um on on this question. So for the sake of variety, I'm because I'm the host of the podcast, obviously, I will always go last to make sure my guests get the best choices and no excuses afterwards because I like testing my football inability as you all know right this is my question for the three of you in the order of um, rankings of clean sheets can you name me the top three goalkeepers in history who's got the most clean sheets in Champions League history from a list of five so we've got Iker Casillas, we've got Manuel Neuer, we've got Petr Cech, we've got Edwin van der Sar and we've got Gianluigi Buffon so from f- um, three of those who do you think's the top five? Luke, if you're on your phone, I swear to God. Good. No, i running on the pen and the pad. My good, phone is... Good, 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 I'm making... Good, good, good. Um, so, Patrick, um, first, who do you think's going to be first, second, and third in your list?
1: So, I know Buffon and Vandersar both played for a while. And then Casillas, too. I think those are three who have made a lot of appearances. Yep. So, I want to say those are the top three. It's just okay. the order I'm a little unsure on. I'm going to go Casillas, number one. Yep. I'm going to say Buffon, two. Yep. And I'm going to say Van der Star, three.
0: Van der Star, three. Okay. Sam, what were you saying, man? Casillas, Neuer, Buffon, check, Van der uh, I'm
2: going to go Casillas, number one. Yep. Van der Star, number two. Ooh, okay. And Buffon, number three. Buffon number three.
3: Nicely done. Luke, what were you saying? Um, I actually wrote down the same as Sam. So Buffon three, Van der Star two, Casillas one.
0: Okay. So Van der Star is not in the top three at all. Um, Ike Casillas is number one. So you're all kind of right there. And um, Patrick, where do you say Buffon was? Number two. It's actually number three. Oh. So both Luke and Sam get to go first. So obviously you okay. all get to kind of make your own kind of um, teams how you want to go um there is a twist with the wild card which i'll explain to you after we said our wild card so um sam and luke um just do rock paper scissors over zoom let's see let's see it who goes to go oh, first
2: right. you can go first sir oh that's
0: really good here thank you oh, that's really kind <laughs> nicely done go on sam <laughs> start us off the uefa champions league draft um we're up and running let's go man
2: number one cristiano Ronaldo. oh my god that's a shame that is a shame. Which but team really- are you saying he's from, though? I'm, I'm going. I'm going Real Madrid, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah,
0: yeah, cool. I mean, the greatest appearances we've ever seen from Cristiano Ronaldo, the greatest goals we've ever seen from Cristiano Ronaldo, has been from Real Madrid, Cristiano Ronaldo. There's no two ways about that in terms of what mm-hmm. he's done. But Sam, from your of point of view as well, watching Ronaldo as an opposition fan at Manchester United and then at Real Madrid as well. What kind of great moments did you kind of admire from Ronaldo from your kind of points of view as well? What did you really enjoy about Cristiano Ronaldo?
2: I think the thing is as well with with, with ronaldo he, he he developed himself from being a a, a pacey um, skillful winger uh, and then into a, an out and out goal scorer and that's that's for me one of the things that that stands out about him because not only was he electrifying as a winger, obviously that's where he started for man united the and he, and he toward Chelsea a new one uh, multiple times uh, obviously scoring in that Champions League final although he did miss his penalty so that was that was quite nice despite the fact that we lost you had like Michael Essien in that right back that like, day yeah, good game there good game really good game he's uh, crying on the pitch afterwards
0: as well for Edwin van der Sar saving that penalty as well which was great yeah
2: we, the, the less we say about that as a Chelsea fan the better really but, it was um, a nice day it was a nice day for me his his volley his volley in a Champions League final um his headers, the back, back stick headers, he, he's just an all-round fantastic player, top goal scorer in the Champions League, so honestly, Excellent. easy, easy
0: pick. Easy pick, Cristiano Ronaldo for Sam. Luke, what are we saying? Who's your yeah. wild card pick?
3: Easy pick for me, uh, easy to be in my right wing position of my front three, Lionel Messi.
0: This is nice, this is nice. You've both gone for the best two players in Champions League history and potentially modern history and potentially in history. Um in in football as well which is absolutely insane but Luke I wanted to kind of ask you as well of Lionel Messi as well just for the sake of variety is it PSG or is it Barcelona mm. Lionel Messi
3: there's no question about it it has to be Barcelona I think
0: not even off that goal against Man City in the group stages that was a decent goal that oh, what, a, what a goal that was honestly nah it's crazy to see but no with Lionel Messi as well we've spoken about him so many times as well is he going to be probably the greatest player ever to have played in the Champions League what do you think Luke
3: I think so. Yeah, I think all of his sort of achievements in just global football now, including the World Cup. I know it's not the topic, but I think him securing the World Cup with Argentina almost sort of, I think, pitched into the post of the best player in terms of that debate that is ongoing still, I'd imagine. But yeah, for me, I think he is the best player
0: out of the two. My favourite Lino Messi moment was, unfortunately, it was against Manchester United when he actually scored in that 2009 Champions League final when he came up with that amazing header and it looked like time stood still time stood still when Lionel Messi went for a header Xavi crossing the ball in and Barcelona Pep Guardiola and Lionel Messi all just dominated Manchester United that day and again in 2011 as well with an amazing outside the um, outside the box shot low it beat van der Sar as well crazy to really see what he did um, throughout his career at Barcelona an amazing player um, which is absolutely amazing but I'm glad you both chosen Nino, Messi, and Ronaldo, because it gets me and Patrick thinking of who our wild cards can be. So Patrick, if you have to pick a wild card, which isn't Messi or Ronaldo, who are you gonna pick, my friend?
1: Uh I'm gonna pick uh in my opinion, the greatest center back in modern history, uh, Sergio Ramos. Oh, you went tactical. You went very tactical there. Nice pick for your for your pick there as well. So uh, I got a great defender. I got I already have my captain lined up. He's got the armband, we're good to go. And you've got
0: someone who is actually the, uh, the greatest defender goal scorer in Champions League history as well. Him, I think it's actually, no, it's not like greatest Champions League final goal scorer for a defender as well. Scoring in 2014 and 2016, uh, respectively, mm-hmm. and also scoring in the penalty shootout as well, I believe, in 2016 as well, which is great to see. But unbelievable.
3: Sergio, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think he's the best defender I've ever seen in my own two eyes. He's, um, he's an unbelievable player. He's unreal as well. And with Sergio Ramos, was he a definition of a leader for you, Patrick? What do you think? Yeah. Absolutely. He's he's definitely a player that comes to mind. It's like, if you're going to give somebody the armband, you're going to give it to a guy like Ramos.
0: Yeah. Winning the Champions League three years in a row as well is unreal. And it goes to mm-hmm. show what you can do with a leader like Sergio Ramos at the helm, which is unbelievable, which is great. Uh, my wild card. This is fun for me because I'm going to go back to 2000. and I think we're going to take a trip back to 2002. We're going to go back to 2002. We're going to go to Hampden Park. We're going to go to the Champions League final uh, where we've got Roberto Carlos winning a one-on-one on the left-hand side. He then crosses the ball in, oh, the ball's coming down, mid-air, weak foot. Who steps up? It's Zinedine Zidane. Zidane is my wild card. He is my boy. He is, in my opinion, the greatest midfielder I've ever seen in my two eyes because he was class personified. He was a gem of a footballer. And he looked like he could play until he's 40, 50 years old. You can see the training videos from Real Madrid when he was coach and when he was manager as well, just pinging balls into Ronaldo, to Modric, to Bale. Looked <clears> like he still had it in the charity games that he still plays as well. It looks like he still has it and can run the show. And for me, Zinedine Zidane has to be my main man in this team. And I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do with Zinedine Zidane as my main man, as my wild card in this, in this draft. Patrick, you and I have got an advantage now. I'll tell you what the advantage is because Sam and Luke have picked Messi and Ronaldo, they pick last every single time now because they've got the two greats of Champions League football. So this is how we level the playing field, my friend. So, Sam, Luke, you're going to be third and fourth for the rest of the game. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, uh, which would be a good fun. Actually, instead of me t- uh, typing this, can you all just make a note of your teams and then just text me after? I can put it in the graphic. Put it on
3: this
0: pad easy. here. You came prepared. I'm just here typing. I'll stop typing. And we can focus on what we're talking about. Patrick, I go first. Notes out. Yeah, notes. Out oh, well. I'm going first. Okay. Yeah. You, uh, so we're starting, starting back to front. We're on our goalkeeper section now. What goalkeeper are you picking for your draft, Patrick?
1: So I want to keep. I know we're doing the the two team two teams per s.O I want to keep my options open later yep. in the draft. So I'm going to go with the goalkeeper that maybe you wouldn't expect somebody to take first. I'm taking Manuel Neuer. Is going to be my goalkeeper for this one. You know, amazing, amazing redefined goalkeeper. the goalkeeping position. You know, you don't see the sweeper keeper is like synonymous with with Neuer. He's he's won it a couple of times. Here, uh, unfortunate, you know, broken leg. You know, he couldn't see uh, his side get battered by City a couple months ago, but still a great goalkeeper. And I, I think he's uh, good at the back. He and Ramos be a nice little partnership back there. Definitely, you got. It. Two amazing leaders at the back, two
0: great Champions League veterans as well, who have done amazing in the tournament as well. And I think it's a great shout for you, and especially being a Bayern Munich pick as well. It's a really good one to go for uh, in that kind of way as well. With me, I'm going to use it's going to be tricky, but I'm going to use my Man United pick early on. And I'm going to go for Edwin van der Star. mostly because he actually won the Champions League with. Uh, Ajax once upon a time as well and with Manchester United and the fact that with Manchester United when we had so many different goalkeepers from Peter Schmeichel in 1999 to van der Sar in 2006 we just never had that solid goalkeeper and the fact he came into the the team at 36 37 years old became a, a namesake and one of the best keepers in the Premier League as well after being just at Fulham let alone back at Manchester United He's one of my representatives from Manchester United and technically Ajax as well, but I'm going to class the Manchester United goalkeeper, Edwin van der Sar, as my first choice pick for my goalkeeper. There's so many more we can choose from, but I'm going to let Sam and Luke go first. So Sam, um, where are we going for your goalkeeper, my friend? Are we going to Chelsea? Absolutely. We let
3: me go third because I gave him first pick in the World I know, Do know you
0: what? You, you can
3: have it. Yeah, you can oh, have no, it, Luke. No, 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 no. You boys
0: are too kind today. I'm
3: so kind it's also. not going to be
0: kind. At the end of the podcast, it's not going to be kind. You're going to be fighting <laughs> over your picks. That's all I'm saying.
3: Um, well I'm going to go for then uh, thank you Sam very kind of you um, probably arguably one of the greatest uh, keepers in Champions League history he actually won the Champions League at, at the age of 19 for Real Madrid and that is Iker Casillas
0: excellent and do you remember as well that in, it was one of his debuts as well in the semi-final I think when he came on as a sub for the normal keeper and then he had to actually come on in the final and be the main keeper from 19 years of age against Bayern Leverkusen that was unreal from Iker Casillas but um Luke, just tell us a bit more about Iker Casillas as well. As a goalkeeper, as a shot stopper, as a leader, what did you really like about Iker
3: Casillas? I think it's just sort of his his presence. I mean, he's sort of, for a goalkeeper, quite small um, in frame. So maybe doesn't have that sort of presence like most keepers nowadays do who are sort of six foot plus. Um, But it just sort of that dominance that he showed and also being as successful as he was in that era of of, um, Real Madrid it just, just comes comes in hand hand in hand, really. So I think it says a lot about him, maybe as a person, but as a goalkeeper uh, and, and, and an athlete to be so, um, uh, to win as much as he, as he has done over the years. And even when he moved to Porto, with them, we've been successful with them in a, on a sort of domestic level as well. So um, I think for me, that was almost sort of a guarantee. I mean, on my bit of paper here, he was the top of my list. So um, I don't think many came close to him, especially when I was growing up. Um, either so yeah so, so, sort of a no-brainer for me in, in that pick
0: excellent choice nicely done Sam where are we going I may have interrupted you earlier but I think I know where you're kind of
2: going with this pick you're going to North, uh, West London right Oh 100% uh, Chelsea bias all the way Petr Cech is going to be my goalkeeper
0: not Tibor Courtois no
2: no stuff, <laughs> stuff seriously stuff him leaving Chelsea <laughs> the way he did not having it not after he graced your fans in that way that he did at Stamford Bridge recently no chance not having oh, it my days. Greatest goalkeeper ever to grace the uh, Stamford Bridge pitch. Um, Still in the team. Leading Premier League, anyway, for mm. clean sheets. Um, obviously, only won the Champions League once. Bar some dodgy referee and might have won it more than once. Um, 2009. Just, yeah. But single handedly um, saved more penalties than he's probably ever saved in his career because he wasn't very good at that in the Champions League final against Bayern Munich in 2012. Talk um, to me
0: about that. I want, to, I want to hear about what you were thinking when Arjun Rubber stops, stops, steps up for that penalty in extra time when you're 1 1. Talk to me about I, that,
3: Sam.
2: You, you, I mean, as an 18 year old watching that heart and mouth, um, you think it's over, don't you? You've, you completely think it's done. Mm. Um, although I'm not a fan of left footed penalty, penalty takers. So there's always the. Messi? Uh, no? He's missed a few against Chelsea as well. And, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Check again. Yeah, and a crossbar, you know what I mean. Uh, but um, although you know, it, you just don't know where it's going to go. It's a lottery when a penalty is being taken. But in terms of how he played that game, and there's a famous story he he about Petrček, and they said that he he knew that we were going to win that game because of all the colours leading into the stadium uh, off the plane and everything was blue. So from a superstitious point of view, he was he was the man to call it that we were going to win it that day. Obviously, Djokovic's header comes into it a little bit because some header, but. Petr Cech that day was just absolutely phenomenal and he gets that place in my team. And did you know in that Champions League final, Ryan Bertrand made his Chelsea debut in a competitive
0: yeah. match the Champions League final at left mid, not even left back in his actual position, left mid. That was unreal. Just seeing someone like that is like, Flora Meluda? Now nah, you're on the bench, Ryan Bertrand, you're starting um, against this Bayern Munich team, which is crazy to see. Ah, oh, no, that was excellent. Everyone well done with your goalkeeping picks. Everyone was 10 out of 10 with their picks. Can't argue against it. This is where we're going to get a bit feisty now I'd say we're going to go from right to left in our full free uh Patrick again my friend go ahead who's your first choice right back in this team
1: so because I couldn't take Messi uh it freed up a Barcelona slot for me so in a way thank you um I'm going to go with another player who in my opinion uh epitomizes the modern fullback uh I'm taking Danny Alves most winning player of all time 43 major honors now a I actually can't say enough good things about Danny Alves. Uh, when I was getting into the sport, the, those early Pep Guardiola teams were like some of my first forays into football. So I have a lot of really positive memories around uh, all the players on that team. But Danny Alves is just incredible, man. I'll never... Uh, that Anytime it pops up you know, on like my TikTok or my Instagram, that clip of him nutmegging Ronaldo, mm-hmm. I, just, I have to watch it a couple of times. You know, it's, it's just he's just such a great player. Played with like so much flair and fun. He's just like epitomized that like Brazilian, but from fullback.
0: Yeah, that's what Brazilians kind of brought to the modern game as well. The fact that you can be attacking from anywhere on the pitch as well. Um, when you're looking at some of their center backs, Thiago Silva, David Luiz, they would epitomize that as well. Mykon um, was another right back who's really good uh, attacking and Danny Alves was just head and shoulders above him because he had that quality and that consistency in his game. It shows the longevity Dani Alves has to be one of the most successful footballers in modern history, which is great. And you stole my pick, Patrick, so I'm a bit bit peeved off about that, a bit annoyed about that. I can't lie. I can't lie. It's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. Sorry, man. We're going to steal each other's picks. Um, I think for the sake of variety, because I know we're using two clubs only, I'm going to go to Inter Milan. And I'm not going to go for Mike who I just mentioned, but I'm <laughs> going to go to their captain, their leader, their legend, the man who inspired their 2010 Champions League winning performance, their, the Argentine who was known as basically an Italian in the team, Javier Zanetti the man who could play basically anywhere across the back line, an amazing leader, someone who, when you're looking back at his career, doesn't get the plaudits he deserves, someone who doesn't get the appreciation he deserves as well. There's recently a video of a Milan fan taking the mick out of him. And I was like, if there were Inter Milan fans there, every single Inter Milan fan probably would have like left a couple of marks on that fan who was making fun of him because he is like, one of the legends of Inter Milan. And I've been to watch a, f- a couple of Inter Milan games in, in my lifetime, so I'm very... Uh, very happy about that. But it's the fact that when you ask them, who's one of your favourite players ever? Javier Zanetti, Javier Zanetti, Javier Zanetti. And you're like, you can't argue with it that's so um, all. So for the sake of variety, and also not to downplay his achievements, Javier Zanetti for that amazing 2010 Champions League win with Inter Milan. Go on, Sam and Luke. Who are we choosing first for your right back? Who's going 1st uh, Okay,
3: Because I, I know Sam won't have this one on anyway. Um, are you going to for Trent? No, nope, no, I'm going Ooh. for 2004 Champions League winner under Mourinho at Porto. Paulo Ferreira. That's awful. <laughs> that is bad. That is so so bad. Uh, I don't say. So. You had better
0: players than that Porto team to choose from than Paulo Ferreira. Why Paulo Ferreira? What a guy. Yeah, he, is, he is. He is what a guy. He did. He did lock he down did, Ryan Giggs.
3: He started his career and made him the player he was. Um, I mean, he obviously played for Chelsea, but he hmm. was. In terms of his Champions League accolades, he's got, he got his winners' medal at Porto, and under Mourinho as well. You know, I don't think anything could be sort of dis- discarded against that. So it's true. But with Paulo Ferreira, if you remember as well, he was benched in the Champions League
0: final in 2008 because he wasn't trusted against another Portuguese opposition in Cristiano Ronaldo. That's why Michael Essien played right back. So.
3: That's why. That's why I'm. He he he'll be wearing the blue and white of Porto, not not the blue
0: and white. <laughs> Nicely done, tactical there. <laughs> choosing Porto in that in that essence as well. Great shot there, Sam. We're left with you. Where are we going for your right back? There's so many to choose from. So many we haven't even gone through and even mentioned I'm, yet. So I'm going I'm to I'm going to
2: honourable mention one before I pick one. Um, yes, my honourable mention goes to Cafu. Um, yes, won the Champions League twice for AC Milan. Fantastic, uh, all round attacking fullback. Before it was. Uh, popular to be one before the likes of Dani Alves, obviously won the World Cup with Brazil as well. Um, and would have been an easy choice if Luke decided not to pick Paulo Ferreira. Um, he was on my list. <laughs> he was, was on your list. Ah, So so gracious there, Luke. So gracious. Uh, there's two reasons I'm going to go with uh, the pick that I've got. Uh, one, because if I struggle for a left-back, I can put him over there. Mm. Uh, but secondly, because he can just play in every position. He's oh, no. I know exactly who you're saying. I'm going to cross the modern <laughs> Really, in some ways, he's underrated because you've he's stolen
0: not him enough. from my left. But oh, my God. He's,
2: he's, he's not spoken about enough. And it's Philip Lahm. Yeah. <laughs> you want to oh, I was going to swear there. I can't swear. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hold
0: off. But you, bad person. You, how dare you steal Philip Lahm? He should have been my wildcard pick. He's such a good defender. And because he can play all across the back line. Pep Guardiola <laughs> played him as a holding midfielder when he was at Bayern Munich as well. Unreal, and the fact that he's a multiple Champions League winner as well is crazy, absolutely crazy with what he did uh, with, mm. with Philip Lahm. What was your kind of favourite memories of Philip Lahm? Was it more as a, a fullback, Sam? Or was it more as a holding
2: midfielder, or just everywhere in between? I, I think a bit of both. The fact that he's you know he's diminutive in stature, um, but he was so well trusted. I'm pretty sure he, he very rarely had injuries. He was so his longevity was fantastic. Yeah. He was spoken about in the highest regard by pretty much everyone who ever coached him. Um, and to come through at Bayern and do so well for so long is, is a mean is no mean feat. So yeah, easy easy pick really. German World Cup winner as well back in 2014. Mm. So excellent shot there, um,
0: Luke. I think you've hit you've hit an L there, my friend. Paulo Ferreira There's so many players you could have choose you chosen from. You can't you can't forget Paulo Pereira. That's all I'm saying so you've done you've done it right I would say but not as good as the other three respectively Um, we'll go to left back for the sake of variety as well then we'll do our two centre backs later on Um, Patrick go first
1: again my friend where's your first choice hmm I think I'm going to maybe throw a wrench in this one a little bit I might take someone's pick here Um, I'm going to throw Ashley Cole in my left back spot
0: (laughs) Nah man. Ah, uh, this this guy's come to play. He's come to play and he's stolen. I think all three of us may have chosen Ashley Cole. We may have all just have picked Ashley Cole because he is the definitive of, of probably the best ever fullback we've ever mm. had in this country. So you've actually come back to England and you've you've effed s up. You've you've effed the shit up, basically. Uh Patrick. So. He's
3: he's a,
1: he's a he's a great defender. What can I say? I need to bring a little bit of balance to my back line, you know? Uh yeah. great player. Uh this is a uh, One of my best friends from back home is actually a Chelsea fan. So this is a little, little ode to him when he comes to listen to this episode, after I tell everybody about it, this, this is for you, Sebastian. I'm I'm putting Ashley Cole on my team.
0: Ashley Cole was amazing. And it's just one of the things that his longevity lasted so well. And the same time that even when he was at Roma, he got them into, he was part of that champions league team. That was part of getting into like the knockout stages and doing really well I don't think he was part of that team where uh, they came back against Barcelona and Manila scored that amazing header and Dzeko scored a couple of times, but I know he's part of that squad, which is great to see um, as well, which is great. Um, But no, amazing choice. Ashley Cole is a fantastic choice to go for. And again, are you going to go for the Arsenal, the Roma or the Chelsea, Ashley Cole? Going? I'm gonna take the Chelsea <laughs> Ashley Cole. Imagine the Roma, the one that just stands on the side away from everyone in, in the picture. <laughs> Never forget that picture. So so funny. Nicely done, Ashley Cole. I met Ashley Cole in Manchester this year as well. I was just I was wearing my Man United hat. I was outside Old Trafford. He was in a hotel next to it. I walked past. And I'm like, it's Ashley Cole. And then he just like nodded his head. And I was like, Oh, I'm gonna go speak to him. But it was busy with people, so I was really, really upset. So, Ashley Cole, if you ever watch Friday Night Counter Attack. We need you on the podcast, my friend. What a player you were. Um, We're going to go for me again. If I'm going for one left back, um, there's only one left back I can go for because I know for a fact I've got one more Real Madrid player to go for. And I'm not going to go for him yet. I'm not going to go for a Real Madrid player yet. I could have gone for him, but I'm not going to go for him. I'm going to go to the red side of Milan and I'm going to go for the greatest defender I've ever seen. Yes, even more than Sergio Ramos. Yes, really? even more than Paolo Ferreira, Luke. I know what you're thinking. We are going to go for Paolo Maldini. No.
3: I guess we'll set it back?
0: <laughs> he is numero uno. If I could say that in Italian, I would, but I'm saying it in Spanish. Um, but he is he's my number one left back. He is the guy who basically just made defending at art. We never saw that before in European football, especially from an English point of view, where you'd get the ball, tackle them, kick it into Rose Ed get the ball back later on. Paolo Maldini defined what it was like to play as a fullback and as a centre-back as well uh, for AC Milan for all of his career. Paolo Maldini's career spanned so long. He actually played against Diego Maradona and Cristiano Ronaldo in his entire career. It shows how well he did. Five-time winners of the Champions League. AC Milan are finally in the semi-finals for the first time since 2007 where Paolo Maldini... Um, he was in the squad for the final I don't think he started the game but he was in the squad where he won that game um, as well which was great and I'll never forget that that goal within what 30 seconds or 40 seconds in 2005 against Liverpool um, where it was 3-3 free, free, went to penalties really thought AC Milan should have won that but it is what it is um, but yeah Paolo, Paolo Maldini is my guy at left back and I'm sorry to disappoint you Sam um, but that's where I'm going where
2: are you going Sam for your left back Luke are you okay with me going next absolutely I've got two picks here so that's one um, I'm gonna to have to use my second Real Madrid pick um, on the basis that you've nicked Maldini and I was uh,
0: tactical in that
2: one. Yeah, um, fair enough. I saw I'm going with Roberto Carlos, um, which surprised because Marcelo is more declarated in terms of what he's done. But in terms of when I was growing up, one of my favourite teams to watch was the Brazil 2002. World Cup winning teams and obviously the Galacticos of Real Madrid I remember having a Beckham shirt when he went there Um, and Roberto Carlos his free kicks just the way he played obviously not much defending in there but who who cares him going forward was was like a bullet train so Roberto Carlos to me um, again if I had more picks than just that I could pick loads of Real Madrid players being at the most Successful team ever, but yeah, I'm going to go with him. Great shot Luke. Where are you going for
3: your left back position? Uh, I'm I'm still in Madrid. Uh, I've landed like Sam has, uh, and I'm going for probably one of the greatest modern day left backs, uh, which Sam already mentioned his name, uh, Marcelo. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great choice. At the moment, it gives me a bit, a bit of a nice dynamic. Marcelo can be more of the attacking minded fullback, whereas Ferrer on the right can still be a bit, a bit more conservative and hold. So that is sort of my thinking with where I was going I, I would have gone for Carlos and Sam hadn't gone for him so having the other Brazilian um, is uh, absolutely fine for me
0: nah, that's okay right Luke you get to start off with your centre back so obviously we've all got two each so Luke and Sam you get to start with yours um, and then we'll just walk our way back round again so Luke start us off with your first choice centre back
3: um, for me um, he's someone who I looked up to when I was playing growing up um, you know captain the legend uh, John Terry John Terry
0: even Sam was disgusted at that. Were you disgusted because he chose him or because it was a
2: basic pick? Listen, I met John Terry when I was 16 years old. Greatest Ooh. man ever to live, as far as I'm concerned. So I'll never be disgusted with anyone picking John Terry in their team. Anton Ferdinand wouldn't be happy with that. <laughs> Anton Ferdinand hasn't won Champions League. <laughs> that was a funny
0: celebration he did. Very funny celebration he did. And everyone just copies it after it as well, which is crazy. Now, John Terry's an excellent shout. Sam, who are you going for for your centre back? First choice.
2: I'm just looking at my list. Um, my first Man United player, Rio Ferdinand. Ball playing centre back. Arguably achieved everything you can achieve apart from the World Cup mm. because, you know, it's Vengor and Ericsson.
3: Uh,
2: <laughs> and England. Uh, it would have been easy to pick Village alongside him as well. Stalwarts in that Manchester United era of being so difficult to beat um, and fantastic under Alex Ferguson. One of the best ever English centre-backs ever to play. Um, obviously, I would have picked John Terry if if I was given the opportunity because I think he's better than him. Um, but Rio Ferdinand, yeah, easy pick again. Nah, nicely done. Great shot there, Patrick. You're on your second centre back,
0: right? Because you've got Sergio Ramos as your captain, leader, legend, and your wild card as well. Mm-hmm. Um, who are you going to get to partner
1: Sergio Ramos for that right. one? So I was going to take Rio Ferdinand. So now I have to do a little <laughs> bit of thinking. Um, so, mm, Sam, I think you may have I'm saved us there from uh, the perfect partnership. I think I'm going to take I'm going to take Rio's partner. However, and I'm going to go into Vidic as my other centre back in there. So. This is, this is where great I play a song.
0: You know, when we do the edits, this is where I put Paloma Faith, Only Love Can Hurt Like This, because you've both taken tactical picks away from me um, from choosing one of my Man players, which is either one of them. Um, but no, Nemanja Vidic was an amazing center back as well. So great shout there, Patrick. And Vidic and Sony, oh, yeah. I must great player. We, we're going to need some serious strike and serious firepower to actually get past them as well in their prime, which is great. So mm. that completes your back line, doesn't it, Patrick? That's your defense. It does. It? Yeah, perfect. Right, so now I'm going to get to pick my two because I was last in both of these picks for centre back. So this is very difficult, very difficult for me, but not too difficult because I'm going to pick one Barcelona player, and I think I may have to go. No, first of all, Barcelona player Carlos Pio, my guy, I think is incredible. Um, as a centre-back another captain leader legend he could play across the back line properly he was someone who was a no-nonsense centre-back who could also play out from the back properly an amazing representative of what Pep Guardiola wanted in his in his timeless football that he played from 2008 to 2000 around 12-13 um, when he was at Barcelona respectively so it goes to show what amazing defenders they really had at Barcelona and Carlos Puyo was the epitome of it World Cup winner, was part of the trio winning side of winning the Euros, winning the World Cup and then winning the Euros again. So can't fault Carlos Puyol for that. <clears throat> and then where can I go to tactically pick? I'm going to copy Luke and I'm hmm. going to go to Porto and I'm going to pick Ricardo Carvalho. Ricardo. Yeah, i will go Ricardo oh, Carvalho. Nice. I've, I've always liked him. I'll never disrespect Ricardo Carvalho, especially the time when Rain Rooney kicked him in the unmentionables in the world cup as well but i do really need to go for someone who tactically i can have free positions elsewhere do. so porto ricardo carvalho then moved to chelsea was part of that title winning inside with jose mourinho where you conceded what 12 goals all season um at home so can't fault him for that and he won the champions league one time at porto didn't win it at chelsea didn't win it at real madrid but jose mourinho trusted him so much he took him to all three different clubs respectively so um, Ricardo Cavalio and Carlos Pio make up my back line and my centre-backs as well. And it gives me more freedom to pick different midfielders and attackers from elsewhere, which is great. Um, Sam, second centre-back. Where are we going, my friend? Uh, Sam,
2: center centre-back. Luke, you go first for this one. Okay. I'm pretty safe with uh, my pick, so I'm all good. Ooh. I'm going
3: to throw a differential out there because I want to save. Uh, I, I would have gone for Barcelona um, centre-back but because I've already used my Barcelona to Messi I want to save that for a bit further forward so um, I'm going for a previous Milan centre-back uh, Marcel Desailly Ooh Great shout Won the I'm, Champions League with Marseille as well Yeah so uh, Marcel Milan but um, or even Chelsea but I've gone for Milan's Desailly Nicely
0: done. That's it. that's AC Milan's masterpiece. Great player, Sam. Are we going to go back to Milan because there's one
2: glaringly obvious centre back we've not picked? Are you going to use your Milan pick straight away? What are we going to say? So again, I'll do some honourable mentions. I could pick Gerard Piquet, Um I've got Lucio in there, by the way. Excellent player. I'm going for him, um, but Alessandro Nesta is yeah. who
0: I'm going for. Mm. I needed a native land player, but I had to decide on the spot uh, Maldini or Nesta. So I had to go for Maldini because of longevity. But Maldini Alessandro Nesta, Nesta, is he the most left on centre-back in modern football? Uh, what do you uh, think, Sam?
2: Oh, 100%. 100%. He um, Obviously, he didn't start at Milan. Uh, came in from a successful Parma team, I believe it was. Yep. Um, I Um yeah. came from players like that. Um, and and then when he when he got into Milan, playing alongside the likes of Maldini, he's um, obviously he had success with with the likes of Calavera, also with Italy. Um, and his longevity again, he was playing well on into his career, um, and he was at the heart of everything that they did. Uh, the same with with Italy. So he, <laughs> to be honest, it, it, there's quite a lot of centre backs that could have been picked. Um, like I said, um, yeah, Stam's another one as well. She stam, yeah. Um but <clears throat> just just to help me with it it was easy for me to go to
0: Mr. Man that's nice, fair enough. Nicely done there. Now we're into the fun part of the podcast. We are talking about midfielders and we've got so many to choose from. Defensive attacking, uh, just normal center midfielders, box to box. My wild card was Zidane, so I'm going to have him more as an attacking midfielder up the two in my 4-3-3. Three, three. So we'll start off with center midfielders who are defensive uh, from a point of view. So Patrick, go ahead. If you had to pick your first choice for a defense midfielder, who would it be and why?
1: So this is where it's a, a little tricky I think defensive is going to be loose, Ooh. but he's definitely going to be deep lying. He's going to be pulling the strings. Um, I'm going to keep it in Italy because A- that A- those AC Milan teams were so good. Mm. Uh, he's got long hair, gorgeous, gorgeous hair, and he even played on the lovely, uh, awful grass pitch of Yankee Stadium. To end his career, I'm going with Andrea Pirlo, anchoring my midfield.
0: Yeah, excellent choice. I mean, the the longevity that he had in his career going from into Milan, to AC Milan, winning the Champions League multiple times with AC Milan, to then going to Juventus and getting them into the Champions League final uh, in 2015 goes to show how well he did as a player. And the fact that um, AC Milan didn't want to renew his contract and he still had a new lease of life in a in, a, in, a, in, a, in, the, in that position that he had was unreal. So amazing
1: shout there, I would say, Patrick, um, for mm, your first choice um, as well. Great player, yeah. Could, could ping a pass from from Anywhere, I'm. A, I'm a, I really like Parlays. One of my, one of my favorite players.
0: Yeah, definitely. Excellent choice there. Um, you know, what? I'll be generous with the midfield point of view. I'll go last on all three of them. So, Sam, Luke, um, whoever's next, go for it for your defense midfielders choice.
2: Me, I am going to be very clever about what I do here. I'm going with Clarence.
0: You stole my pick. You stole Clarence Sadel from my soul. I <laughs> had him. He was there. He was ready to be my partner with Zidane, and you stole him from me, Sam.
2: You've broken a heart today. That's only all I'm saying. Only was that is that did you hear that? So only played to win with three different teams. If I'm right, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Ajax, um, AC Milan, uh, Real Madrid. Um, again, oh, I think. I'm saying it a lot. Longevity of a, of a player to to have played in Champions League final 1995 and work his way all the way through into his 40s playing for AC Milan. I'm um, that you see images of him now. He's still ripped to shreds. But in definitely. terms of a player, just an absolute animal in that midfield that anyone would have in their team. I think definitely, no excellent
0: choice there, and probably someone who I probably could have picked. If I was being selfish and went for first, he was my first choice to partner Zidane Zidane. Now I've got improvised improvise because he was my second AC Milan pick that I had. But what a shout there, Sam! Excellent choice for Clarence Sadorf and what a play he was um, in his career. And if anyone is listening and you're wondering who the hell Clarence Sadorf is, again, the most underrated centre midfielder in modern football. Just go watch his video clips on YouTube. Amazing talent that he had um, as well. And if I don't, if you don't mind me saying. When you see, uh, we've discussed this on this podcast a lot, when you see a lot of black players being talked about as their strength and their uh, athletic ability, Clarence Seedorf was the definition of technical and strength and he was just an all-round midfielder. So I'm, I'm not really going to complain about how well he was. He was just the epitome of excellence as a centre midfielder. Nicely, nicely done there, Sam, with your uh, choice of Clarence Seedorf. Sam, Clarence Seidorf, Sam, I still hate you for Clarence. that. I still hate you for that. I'm going to hate you for the rest of the day. I can't lie. <laughs> that was my choice. Uh, Luke, um, who's your first choice for your centre midfielders, my friend? Uh,
3: so I've been sort of toying with this one because, again, you're trying to think of it tactically with where you're going to go further down the line. Mm. Um, could have gone with a certain Barcelona centre uh, midfielder <laughs> of the modern age, but, again, I'm trying to save a Barcelona player for further down the line. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, so I'm going to go with more of like an underrated centre-defensive midfielder, won the Champions League with Liverpool in 2005. Um, I'm going to go for Xabi Alonso.
0: Excellent player. Won the Champions League in 2014 as well for Real Madrid. So are we are going to go for the Liverpool Xabi Alonso or the Real Madrid uh, Xabi Alonso? Liverpool's version, please. Liverpool's version. Nicely done. Scoring that uh, rebound from the penalty that he missed in Istanbul as well. Um, really good player and someone who you'd be just really appreciating watching him play. My favourite ever liverpool yeah. player if you can say that about a rival team it's, it's, you're allowed to do that right you're allowed to have a favorite player from a rival team right yeah
2: yeah yeah, yeah that's all good javi one, alonso? i
0: think
1: i think only one
0: yeah one it, it, it could be harlem but it's still javi alonso from back in the day so it is what it is <laughs> uh which is the case um plain and simple if i've got to go for my second barcelona pick i'm going to go for the one and only javi javi zidane possession-based football in my team we are killing it with possession. No one is getting the ball off Javi and Zidane. We are going to dominate in our side. And that's what Xavi did for a good number of years under Pep Guardiola um, for Barcelona. He was unreal. And people who don't appreciate football for the way it should be played, please go and watch Barcelona from 2009 and 2011, the way he would just dominate the team the team would slow down it would speed up it would take control it would dominate games against teams where they're thinking oh you know what there could be a player or two who could come in here and disrupt the midfield no chance in hell Xavi was the guy who would make the team tick he would make Messi tick he'd make Iniesta tick he'd make Sanchez Neymar Suarez tick whoever it was he would do it and it was because of Xavi playing the ball if you ever need a yeah. centre midfielder to watch, Xavi is the guy, and you've got Xavi and Zidane in my midfield. So this is where the empire strikes back, my friend. Ham Solo is coming through. It's not Ham Solo. It's Ham Solo. He's coming through with this midfield, um, which is great to see. Right, because I picked my Zidane pick, I'm already on two. So um, Patrick, Sam, and then Luke, go through your second picks of midfielders for us, please. Patrick, who are we going for?
1: I'm going to. I'm going to Liverpool. For this one uh my number eight my box-to-box guy well-rounded can do everything uh, in my opinion uh the greatest midfielder in premier league history Woo! until de Bruyne retires then we can have the conversation uh, Ooh. Steven Gerrard oh
0: dropping the bombshells on here this is crazy Patrick best midfielder in premier league history before de Bruyne retires oh.
1: and once once de Bruyne wins the champions league in June then we can talk about him being the best one but yeah,
0: potentially, potentially. I'm surprised I was really gone for a um, Gerard earlier in the sh- in the pick. But nice shot there. Who's your midfield now? Perlo and Gerard. Yes, sir. Oh, insane. Yes, sir. I told you this is where it gets insane. tricky. This is where it gets very, very tricky.
3: Um, Sam, where are we going with your uh, midfield? Who's the next mate? I went first last time. Um, I mean, I'm probably picking the pair you might have actually picked. Um, I was going to go for Gerard. I thought the link with Gerard and Alonso would have been key. So. I'm going for the person that could never play with Gerard at international level and that's Frank Lampard. Um, arguably the greatest centre midfielder in Premier League history.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's great. With Gerrard
0: oh, and Lampard, their coaching sorry. identities are awful. Up, it? Yeah, you're going to be scoring goals with that. It's going to be crazy to see but Lampard and Gerard as well. I mean, we've got two Chelsea oh, fans George. in here as well. Yeah. Realistically speaking, with, with Frank Lampard, was there a, a part of his game where you thought, you know what, this is where he just kills it every season because his goal scoring ability, his late runs into the blocks? Um, Luke, from your perspective as well, what was it what was it about Frank Lampard's game that he just continued to kill it, kill it, kill it every season?
3: I think he just seemed to have it all um shooting from range. I mean, some of his goals in the sort of early two thousands was almost like a joke. Mm. Um about twenty five to thirty yard distance, you can always guarantee when he put the ball up, um it was hit at the back of the net, uh, he could hit you know free kicks. Um, just sort of a variety of goals I mean when we won the league in 2005 or six at Villa um, or at Bolton one of those a- awesome. uh, yeah, uh, yeah. He, you know, he hit the keeper from a, a sort of acute angle obviously the goal against Barcelona in the Champions League when he twisted and turned and then sort of hooked it around sort of, and launched Valdez it was, it was an amazing goal so and he it just popped up in sort of huge games so one of my
0: favorite Lampard moments was when he came back into the Champions League semi final against Liverpool. I think his mum had passed away and he had to score a penalty to get them over the line or a, a head on away goals or something. And he stepped up, it was that Stanford Bridge, all the lights, cameras, everything on him, stepped up, scores, job done, chose him the, their first Champions League final. And that was Frank Lampard for you. The, the mentality he had as a footballer was unreal. Um, as a manager, not so much, not a fan of his coaching philosophy, but it is what it is. It is what it is with Frank Lampard trying to relegate Everton and Chelsea in the same season. Um, Sam, complete your midfield, um, duo in midfield. Where are you going, my friend? Uh, I've only got one, so i am picking two now. Um, you've got one for your midfield, and then we've all got one more left to go around with. So, go for cool. two in a row, actually. Um, cool.
2: Well, that makes it easy. I'm going with Iniesta... I would be one of the best midfielders of all time. Um, I can't pick any more Real Madrid midfielders. Otherwise, I probably would. Mm. Um, And the the third of my midfielders is going to be Kaka. You,
0: that was my AC Milan player, man. That was the player I was banking on. You stole Sador from me. You stole Kaka from me. You were tactical about it. Oh, Kaka. I've i I've loved watching this guy growing up as well. He was the epitome of just exuberance on the pitch as well. The fact that he would be like a ballerina, be like an ice skater just playing on the San Siro every single season watching him. Then you had that record-breaking move to Real Madrid. I'm guessing you're going to go for
2: AC Milan, Kaka, right, Sam? hundred percent. So, I mean, firstly, but secondly, I'm looking at the balance of my, my midfield. I've got Clarence Seydorf can do a bit of everything, holding midfield if I need him to. Iniesta to, to drive with the ball, pass the ball, keep me possession under pressure. And I've got Kaku can put a bit of wonder and magic into it whenever I need him to, as well as being a box-to-box player. So I'm pretty happy with my midfield.
0: Nicely done. Um, but yeah, that's all good. Uh, Luke, finish off your midfield 3 for us, Then we'll go to Patrick, and we'll go to myself um, to
3: finish um, I'm picking pick a bit of an attack and flair. Um, people, when they watch Champions League, in the latter parts of the 2000s, um, loved a free kick from all angles and shone the lights of the Stade de Jalande in France. And oh, wow. Junior, I know. Junior. Janinia. Janinia. the car. Mm. He's, he's the, the guy with a dead ball situation from 40 yards out to bag me a winning goal in the Champions League. So that's what he's there to do. Excellent choice there.
0: Excellent choice with Janino. And again, you got people gassing up James Ward-Prowse as the best free kick taker potentially in in world football at the moment. When you have to look at someone like Janino, the way he would knuckleball it before Ronaldo was knuckleballing it, or any other player was doing it at the time, he'd be doing it consistently, and he did it so so well for Leon, making Leon the top dog in France for a good number of years as well. So that's a really good shout. I appreciate you going back and throwing it back like that, Luke. So nicely done um, with Janino. Patrick, is this where you get to pick your favorite? belgian midfield player to complete your midfield free or is he not so much on your list just yet what are we saying man
1: so you called it uh he has been and only been in one final uh you know probably playing for city doesn't necessarily have the champions league pedigree you'd expect uh of a player but uh that's that's not going to matter to me um i'm taking de Bruyne he's, he's finishing off my midfield uh i think it's it's difficult when you're kind of in this modern game and a lot of players maybe have that like the nostalgia factor, and he hasn't finished his career yet, and and there's a lot of things that kind of swirl around a player like that. But I genuinely think in the next couple of years, or even in the next couple of months, depending on how the city season goes, I don't think it's insanely far fetched to start putting him in greatest of all time discussions when when you look at how unbelievable he is on the ball. He can do he can do everything. He can play deep. He can split a defense apart. He's got like the pace and power that you associate with a lot of other really good midfielders. He's so well rounded. Um and and I think he really is in my opinion the the greatest midfielder of, of this modern era. And I I I just can't say enough positive things about Cabruino. Yeah I mean here's someone who starts
0: as a winger as a right midfielder who was playing um in Belgium then moved to Chelsea as well Jose Mourinho didn't really fancy him played a couple of games um, at Chelsea then moved out to Wolfsburg where they moved in more as an attacking midfielder from a winger because he was more of a creative spot for that Wolfsburg side again record-breaking goals and assists for that um, for that team as well um, which is great to see and obviously with Manchester City there's no looking back at what is done year after year after year after year if he literally crowns it off this season with a Champions League winning trophy no one would say it wouldn't be well-deserved for Kevin De Bruyne. And honestly, it's just one of those plays that everyone loves to watch and to enjoy and to appreciate as well, um, which is great. So Kevin De Bruyne is in your team. Um, first, no, second Man United pick for me because CR7 has been stolen from me. I would love to go for David Beckham, but I'm not going to use him as my right winger because I've got a couple of wingers that I'm going to go for as well, which would be great. Wayne Rooney is going to be my man behind the striker. Is going to be my number 10 because uh, there's a couple of bagsmen up front. I need I need a couple of killers up front. And if you're thinking of a definitive number 10 um, in this side, when you've got Zidane and Xavi holding it down, you know, the technical midfielder who could actually play as a striker. I could go for someone like Alessandro Del Piero. I could go for Francesco Totti. I could go for Marco Royce, Dennis Bergkamp, to an extent, I could as well. Maybe even Thomas Muller or Meza Ozil couple of honourable mentions, but I'm going for Wayne Rooney. Manchester United's greatest ever goal, greatest, highest ever goal scorer, I should say. My favourite player, watching him grow up from a boy who was a striker to then being an, an attacking midfielder, uh, number 10, playing behind the striker, is one of those situations where you're watching someone play as a utility player. You kind of see it with De Bruyne in a way. Sometimes you think that their, their versatility would be... Um, a downfall on them it would be considered a hindrance but it's not because they play so well in different positions every single time and it's really great to see what we can see with Wayne Rooney and I've said it all along the fact that he's been one of the most underrated players in England um, since he's been playing people only appreciate him now because he's retired but for someone like me someone like Sam someone like Luke I'm pretty sure the three of us would all appreciate his ability on the ball his technical grace that he had even when he wasn't a striker but as an attacking midfielder and all action player as well so that's me done with my Man United picks: Edwin van der Star and Wayne Rooney. You're respectively um, going to be in my team.
3: Oh,
2: <laughs> and breathe, everyone. We're at eight seconds. No, a- no Cruz and no Casemiro in any of those teams. Oh. I needed, I needed
0: Zidane. I needed Zidane. I needed Zidane. That's all I'm going to oh, say. Baby. Tony Cruz yeah, is one I'm... of the most decorated players of all time. Luka Modric is probably one of the best midfielders I've ever seen, and Casemiro may be one of the best defensive midfielders um, in the last ten years as well. But we're having fun with this. All all four of us are having fun. We're not going for more of the technical side of things as well. And I needed one more Real Madrid pick. So if one of you steals my Real Madrid pick last, I will end this Zoom call <laughs> right here and right now. I don't know exactly who's you should have By any chance. I'm, I'll reveal it hopefully because I haven't revealed it yet like I did before the podcast so hopefully it'll be a grand reveal which will be great um, we're going to go right to left so we're going to go right winger left winger we're going to finish off with our number nines Patrick do the honours who's your first choice for your right winger my friend uh, I, I, you, I'm on first every single time you, you can pick your right wing first you shouldn't have done that I'm happily going to go for my right winger first so Gareth, um, Gareth Bale was going to be the guy I was going to pick because I'm wearing a Gareth Bale shirt um, right now as well of course, because of that amazing overhead kick versus Liverpool, but I've had a change of heart because I know I've got one more Bayern Munich pick um, to go for, and I'm going to go for Arjen Robin. No, my right winger. <laughs> he is my man. He is also known as the Nearly Man, nearly winning the World Cup for the Netherlands, nearly winning the Champions League for uh, Bayern Munich on numerous occasions as well. But that instep with his left foot to then whip it in the opposite corner was unreal. It was out of this world that he could do it so consistently so well with how much of a technical winger he was. He didn't really hit it off at Real Madrid. He did quite well at Chelsea, but he was always injured, unfortunately. Then he moved to Bayern Munich. He brought up that amazing partnership with Frank Ribéry on either side, calling it robbery, because he robbed so many teams of points, robbed so many people of good memories. And he did that at the Champions League final 2013. Um, with scoring that last minute goal against Borussia Dortmund at Wembley Stadium as well so uh, and Robin is in my team he's my right midfielder and I'm happy going to keep him as one of my players out there as well uh, Luke let's go with you are you next or is Sam next what you
3: uh, right? well I, my right wing was Messi
0: so I can you can go last then it's fine because everyone's picked their, every, no. Sam are you going to go right wing or left wing for Ronaldo left wing left wing that's fine you go with your right wing where are we going uh, you? actually
2: no he's going mm, mm. he'll go left wing and put. Oh, the person I'm going right wing isn't a right winger but I'm putting him there anyway because I do what I want mm. uh, <laughs> and it's arguably my favourite player to watch outside of Chelsea of all time mm. um, and that's Ronaldinho <laughs>
0: <laughs> why not just put Ronaldinho left and Ronaldo right he was right at Man United it still works
2: It makes no difference where they play. They can play wherever they want. Ronaldinho is sorting out the party. (laughs) He's sorting out the team bonding session as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Prison FC—they're going to be celebrating with Ronaldinho. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Oh man, Uh,
1: that's obviously
2: uh, my my last Barcelona pick. Oh, that he scored against Chelsea in that goal kit where he didn't move and somehow still scored through the legs. Of our defender, past Peter Um, he was just—he was just a joy to watch. The, wherever he played, Barcelona, AC Milan, PSG, um, and and he—he, he, you know, he's—he's a he's kind of player that makes you fall in love with football. It was just effortless for him. It was so good. Absolutely, no, amazing shot there. And Ronaldinho is who I had at my
0: left wing as well. So nicely done there. Um, Patrick, right midfielder. Where are we going, or right winger? I should say. Where are we going for your one?
1: I. I like Sam's logic of uh, didn't necessarily play on the right, but uh, I do what I want. Um, I'm going to Cameroon. uh, Samuel Eto'o. Love that. Great Um, shot. It's going to be my right winger. Uh, Which Samuel Eto'o?
0: Into Milan, Barcelona, Real Madrid. Where are we going with your one?
1: Chelsea. I'm taking the Barcelona. I'm taking the Barcelona, Samuel Eto'o.
0: There's no need for that. Yeah, Barcelona (laughs) as well. I mean, he scored a hat-trick for Chelsea against Man United, so he still did quite well for Chelsea um, as well. Um, But no, with Inter Milan, Mm. if you didn't know as well, that's when he played as a right-winger for one season under Jose Mourinho, where they won the Champions League. So even if you said he may not go there, but I'm going to put him anyway, he's actually done a really good job out there. He's actually nullified um, Barcelona with his pressing ability as well, Mm. which we never thought Samuel Eto'o had. Going for someone who was an out-and-out goal scorer, winning them the Champions League final in 2009 with that first goal against Man United to then be traded for Zlatan Ibrahimović plus That's the money goes awesome. to show that he came back for redemption against Barcelona at the new Camp and at the San Siro in that semi-final. So amazing shot there, Patrick, for your, um, your choice of uh, Samuel I should say, which is really, really good. Right then, now we're going to our left wing. So Sam, you don't get a pick anyway. You're only waiting until you're number nine, which is fine. Luke, you've got your left wing pick to go first, so go ahead. Who's your first choice for left wing? Uh,
3: well, I'm annoyed because both my picks got taken. Um, mm. Because Sam can feel like he can do feels that like he can do it once. Really,
0: <laughs> it happens. Um, it happens in everyday so, life. That's all I'm oh, saying.
3: Yeah. What I had to sort of have a, have a rethink with what I've done. I could have picked. Uh, I'll give a, an honourable mention to Thierry Henry, mm. um, but I'm going to again. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a do a Sam and do what I want. Um, Normally plays on the right. Could also play through the middle uh, in midfield, but I'm going to pick Lewis Figo. Excellent Ooh.
0: choice. It's mm, a good shout. Um,
3: again, he probably would have been on the right-hand side of the three mm. or in behind the striker, but uh, because uh, two of my picks were hor- horribly taken off of my hands, in stolen and from you. Yeah, um, I'm going to throw at them uh, a multiple Champions League winner in Figo. So, yeah. Champions League winner, the original Galactico, I would
0: say, for that £46 million uh, investment from Real Madrid to Barcelona as well. Florentino um, Perez's first big move as the president of Real Madrid, and that's why it's still there to this day, because they always remember that Figo purchase, that they actually disrupted Barcelona's dominance in the mid-90s in Barcelona as well. I'm getting this information from the Netflix documentary dominance, that it was Figo one. so it's one of those things. That if you need to watch it, I'd recommend watching it, um, which would be great as well. Patrick, left winger. Are you going to go for Raheem Sterling? Top English scorer (laughs) in Champions League history. You you know, know,
1: I'm going to be honest. I I did know that. I also have a lot of um, hard feelings towards Raheem Sterling after, just the way he left City. I don't don't particularly care for him as of late. No, I'm actually going to take uh, someone's honorable mention. Uh, He played on the wing for Barcelona, but I'm going to take is Arsenal days. Uh, I'm gonna put Terry on on the left wing for Arsenal. I know I know he didn't win it uh for Arsenal, but you think about that quarterfinal against Juventus, and that's the kind of player I want uh on my left wing. I, I know that Henri kind of has that uh, uh the, the the aura around him of kind of bottling finals, not really being the greatest player in a final, but he'll he'll just get us there and then the rest of the team will do the work. When we get to the UCL final. So I'm gonna take the Arsenal version of Thierry Henry on the left. Thierry Henry had the Vava
0: Vum. That's what he had. He had the Vava Vum and he had the je ne sais quoi, as people would say in England as well. Because it, there was like a, a time when he was the greatest player in the Premier League in the mid two thousands, where he'd be doing Renault adverts for cars, right? So basically in his adverts he'd be saying those phrases, je ne sais quoi and Vava Voom. So everyone would uh, they would anticipate Thierry Henry when he would score, he'd actually go Vava Voom. He didn't but is the fact that you would associate the term "vavavu" with Thierry Henry, which is incredible. And he was an incredible footballer as well. Possibly the greatest striker England's ever seen um, in the Premier League as well, respectively, uh, which is great as well. This is my favourite part of the podcast because I then get to name my two picks in a row and then I don't have to worry about anything, which is great. I'm going to get stitched up here. I know I am. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. So I did say I picked two Bayern Munich players but I haven't. I've only picked one, Minardian um, Robin. I could have gone for Tony Cruz from the Bayern Munich days. And I think if you, need, if you need someone from the one side on the right, you need someone from the left side as well. I can't go for Ronaldo. I can't go for Raheem Sterling because I don't want to. Um, I'm not going to go for any Man United players um, that I need to as well. Not really many Premier League players kind of stick out for me as a left winger. So I am going to go for Frank Ribéry. I think, again, Frank Ribéry, almost robbed of that Ballon d'Or back in 2013 winning the Bundesliga I think they won the treble that season with obviously winning the Champions League as well amazing winger and someone who I think you know what would actually bring a lot of flair into this side as well he's still playing to the state. I think he's still playing in Serie A which is great with a team that's bottom of the league um, in Italy but the fact that he still remains to the state playing football is unreal for me um, there's a few players I could have gone for a few players I could have mentioned as well but I think I need uh, I need a, a couple of players in this team that will actually, you know, do the job. These are killers in my team. And the last killer I'm going to pick in my team as my striker, my number nine, is Karim Benzema. I'm going for Karim Benzema because I could have gone for Lewandowski as a striker, but I didn't because I wanted Ribery and Robin Rooney behind, Karim Benzema. I think Karim Benzema is just a killer, man. It's just, it's someone that, you're seeing all these reels on Instagram right now of the all eyes on me. All eyes on Karim Benzema right now. I've got the opportunity to watch him every single year, which is great to see. And people don't appreciate that sometimes when you see a player come up from their youth days to their end of their careers as well. Done it with Wayne Rooney, done it with Ronaldo. Seen Karen Benzema in that Leon side with Janinho, like Luke said earlier as well. who's scoring amazing free kicks. The fact that Benzema Benzema's done it at Leon, done it at Real Madrid consistently, multiple Champions League winner, won the Champions League more or less single-handedly last season, Ballon d'Or winner, unreal um, impact Karen Benzema's had with uh, Real Madrid post Cristiano Ronaldo and during when Cristiano Ronaldo was still there as well because I just think it's amazing but my front four of IN Robin Wayne Rooney Frank Ribbery, and Karen Benzema it's going to take some beating it's going to take some beating so I'm looking forward to seeing what we've all got so um, you know what I know the game's started as well Patrick so go ahead why don't you share who you've got in your final pick uh, I'm taking Lundarski Lewandowski excellent choice are you going for
1: Dortmund Lewandowski or that was going to be the thing I'm taking the man that knocked Real Madrid off and got Dortmund to a Champions League final I'm taking the Dortmund Robert Lewandowski
0: four goals in the tie wasn't it in the home leg and the away leg that he did to get
1: them through unreal Mm.
0: there's a there's a there's an essence in England as well that Harry Kane is of that quality but I don't think Harry Kane is of the quality of Robert Lewandowski um, in terms of goal scoring and finishing ability as well so I'm, I'm really a really big fan of Robert Lewandowski and what he's done Champions League winner back in 2020 as well amazing player potentially could do even more in his career but we're going to have to wait and see what he does potentially going to win the La Liga this season as well more or less going to win La Liga this season um, which is great mm. but does Robert Lewandowski complete your front three so just go through your front three again for us Patrick
1: uh, Eto on the right Lewandowski through the middle Henri on the left
0: That's too cold, man. That's too cold. It's like we're going back to Nebraska. It's too cold there. That's such a sick front three. That's excellent. This is tricky. Right, Sam. Right, Luke. Which of you is going first and which of you is going last? Are you going to be polite about it? Are you going to go all guns blazing for this last pick?
1: That depends
3: who you pick. I don't think Sam's got the pick that I've got because I've already sort of... I I mean, I would have gone for either of these two... Real Madrid players, but I've already picked two uh, Madrid players, I believe. If I remember rightly, I have, yeah, Marcelo and Casillas. And I've already picked two Chelsea players in Terry and Lampard. So I (laughs) went to um, R9 and Raul. Yep. um, I could have gone Raul in terms of a Schalke, but his pedigree in the Champions League came from Madrid. Um, Would have gone for Drogba, man, for the big occasion. Um, but I've gone for a, a, a certain striker who guaranteed you get the ball in the box. He's scoring um, with the providers of Juninho, Messi, Figo, ball into the box. Um, it's Man United's Van Nistelrooy.
0: Wow. He was on my list as well. He was on my yeah. list as well, but excellent choice. And he broke the original record as well back in 2003, I think, of scoring in consecutive games. Um, from goal scoring, like basically every game he played in that Champions League run, he scored in, which was unreal. And nowadays, it's just seen as normal with Ronaldo, and Messi breaking rules all the time, Haaland breaking uh, records all the time as well, which is great. But Ruud van Nistelrooy, what a finisher, what a poacher that he was as well. <clears throat> Almost heartbreaking that he never won the Champions League with Man United because he joined after we won it and then left before we won it as well. Um, but what a finisher Ruud van Nistelrooy really was as well, and definitely a very slept-on centre midfield centre very much a very slept on centre attacking striker as well the fact that he was a proper six yard goal poacher he could run from outside the box he could score from anywhere left foot right foot amazing striker with Ruvan Vanestroy. great shot there Luke and great front four as well Figo is yeah. going to be out there turning up people and doing things inside and out which is what he does best which is great and you've got Messi as well I forgot you've got Messi you've got Messi Luke this is painful this is actually so painful I've actually lost this. I've accepted I've lost this. That's all I'm saying. That's why I'm babbling
2: today. Sam, break my heart. Who's going to be your number nine? Who have you got? Easiest pick all day long. Didier Drogba. Big game striker. Cup final. He's winning it. Champions League final. Best header I've ever seen. Uh, and, and Chelsea bias once again. Do you know what? I'd have been heartbroken if I get dipping. Um, and he just completes my front three with Cristiano Ronaldo and Ronaldinho. Thank you very much for that. Uh, I think it's only time that we end the podcast with
0: everyone reading out their teams in full. So, um, Sam, do the honors. Then Luke and Patrick, then myself. If you can remember your team, so I'm looking forward to seeing who can remember their team.
2: Um, I can't remember my team at all. Sam, go first. What's your team from back to front? Cool. I've got Petacek in goal. Uh, right back, I've got Philip Lam. My two centre backs are Rio Ferdinand, Alessandro Nesta. My left back is Roberto Carlos. My midfield three are Clarence Seydorf, Andreas Iniesta and Kaka and then on the right wing I've got Cristiano Ronaldo, left wing Ronaldinho, and Drogba up front.
0: I slightly think you've won this. Um, Luke, read out your team for us please.
3: Uh, And that is Ika Ika Casillas, uh, right back uh, Palo Ferreira, two centre backs is John Terry, Marcel Desailly, left back is Marcelo, Uh, three across midfield is uh, Xabi Alonso, uh, sort of uh, holding with Frank Lampard and Juninho in front uh, right side is Lionel Messi left side is Luis Figo and then Ruben and Destroy through the middle
0: excellent choice excellent choice as well uh, Patrick do the honours my friend who have we got in your team
1: uh, from the back we've got Manuel Neuer we've got Danny Alves at the right back Vidic and Ramos my centre back pairing Ashley Cole that's my left back Ashley Cole We've got Andrea Pirlo pulling the strings. We've got Gerrard doing the motor, the box-to-box. And then we've got De Bruyne playing as the 10, playing the incisive passes, setting up the killers I have up front, uh, Thierry Henry, Robert Lewandowski, and Samuel Eto'o. That front three is just
0: scary. It's just so scary because Eto and Henry won the Champions League together in 2009 as well, uh, which is crazy. And I get PTSD of it every day. Every day I get PTSD of that <laughs> 2009 <laughs> final, uh, which ain't great. Right. Let me see if I can remember my team. In goal, I had Edwin van der Sar um, as my guy, my guy between the sticks. As my right back, I went to Inter Milan. I went for their captain, leader, legend in Javier Zanetti. My two centre backs was uh, Ricardo Carvalho from Porto, and then I also went for Carlos Puyol from Barcelona. My left back was Paolo Maldini, the greatest defender of the modern era. No, no doubt about that. In my opinion, my midfield was Xavi Zidane and Wayne Rooney in the number 10, behind the striker of Karen Benzema. On the left, you had Frank Ribéry. On the right, you had Arjen Robin, which basically means you're going to get robbed because it was robbery on these wings for years to come um, from this side as well. And for the first time, I've actually realised no one actually picked any Atletico Madrid players, even though they came finalists in so many different times. Antoine Griezmann is nowhere to be seen, and I love it, which is great. Um, I'm going to pop these... Um, teams out on social media over the next week or so after our podcast is released we're going to let the public decide um who's going to be the best team i pretty i'm pretty sure i'm going to be finishing dead last because some of your teams have been absolutely incredible and it's been absolutely fantastic to speak football with um the three of you all today as well which is great i know the game's on now with real madrid and manchester city so i'm gonna let you all go but before i let you all go um Luke, Sam, just tell me what you're up to this summer. And Patrick, just tell us a bit more about um, the main stand and what you've got plans for this summer before the new season starts. So Luke, go ahead. Then Sam, you can share your thoughts as well.
3: Uh, so uh, obviously at the time of recording, um, I go to Germany in 12 days uh, for a football tour um, to Germany, uh, which is very exciting. Uh, away for sort of nine or 10 days, um, which will be good. So it's play, work with the best sort of 18, 15-year-olds in Cornwall. Which is where I live. Um, So, hopefully, be successful with that. Uh, It's a nice sort of distraction from my current sort of day to day coaching that I've been doing this season. Um, And then when I come back, uh, it'll be sort of almost thinking about where I will be coaching because at the minute I'm not sure where uh, I will be based next season. So, got a bit of thinking to do, got a bit of sort of um, research to be had, and then putting feeders out to clubs local to me. to get myself back into the coaching fix in a regular season so yeah that, that's that, that's really really me at the moment.
0: Excellent nicely done. Sam how about yourself any plans for the summer with your coaching uh, journey going ahead?
2: Yeah so um currently at the back end of finishing my UA for B license so that I should all be signed off within the next month or so hopefully Um, and then taking that into next season uh, uh, this season we just had a really successful season at Leighton Town Football Club where we won the league and cup double to get us to step four of the football pyramid, um, and at the time of recording, I'm now leaving Leighton Town and I'm going to another team in that league, uh, Bedford Town. But Britcio um, didn't even uh, announce it. Here we go, official on this podcast. Crazy. So off to Bedford Town, who, who again, another great club, a big club, uh, and we potentially pushing for promotion again into step three. So that should be great. Uh, introduction for me into that club going into some pre- say they're the next rexham some might say that
0: some might say that you <laughs> never know you never know a bedford it's crazy to see um as well nicely done there sam and obviously patrick you've enjoyed your time hopefully on friday night canada so i can hopefully you've enjoyed your time in the united kingdom as well any plans for the main stand to be uh, promoting anything during the summer anything you want to shout out about your podcast go ahead the time's yours my friend
1: uh, just do a couple quick shout outs. Uh, new episodes usually out Thursday, Fridays. Uh, we talk everything from the MLS to world football to the growing soccer culture uh, that is is happening in, in Southern Maine. So we'd really love to have you guys tune in. It's uh, everywhere you get your podcasts. Um, and also just a big shout out to the Friday Night Counterattack guys. We've been trying to get something together for a while, but it's uh, kind of hard when you think about it when you're you know five hours apart in each yeah. time zone. So it's been a, it's been great having, being here and uh, you'll, you'll catch me in the UK again next year. Um, I'm definitely will be, we'll be back.
0: Definitely. You'll be on the right side of Manchester this time as well, Patrick. So hopefully, hopefully you will get it right this time around. That's all I'm saying. I,
1: I don't know about that. That's yeah, it's pretty great.
0: Needs to be done, it needs to be done. But no, everyone, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for going through your Champions League draft. Everyone, I hope you've enjoyed listening through our Champions League drafts and been going through it yourself as well. The two club limit has made it very, very difficult, but very entertaining at the same time to make sure we've got the right players in the right positions for the right time as well, which is great. Everyone, thank you very much for this, uh,
3: for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. Take care and goodbye.